Vet bills can be expensive, but Spot Pet Insurance can give you up to 90% cash back on vet bills, so you can worry less about high vet bills. Yep, up to 90% cash back on vet bills for unexpected accidents, illness, and even routine care. And with Spot Pet Insurance plans, you can go to any vet you want in the U.S. or Canada. There's no network you need to stick to, so visit your favorite vet and you can save money on expensive vet bills. That's Spot Pet Insurance. It's no wonder Spot is America's favorite pet insurance. Visit SpotPet.com for a free quote today. For all terms, visit SpotPetInst.com slash sample-policy. Spot Pet insurance plans are underwritten by either Independence American Insurance Company or United States Fire Insurance Company and produce Spot Pet Insurance Services, LLC. This is an independent ad from Spot Pet Insurance Services, LLC. Hi, it's Elise Lunen, host of Pulling the Thread. On this show, we pull apart the web in which we all live to understand who we are and why we're here. Pulling the Thread is about big questions, why we do what we do, how we can understand our own experiences within a larger spiritual and historical context, the ways in which we might begin to understand ourselves and each other better, and what's required to heal ourselves and our world. I'll be joined in conversation by luminaries and wise elders, those who have laid tracks in their work and lives to help us bring meaning and understanding to a world that often feels chaotic and overwhelming. My hope is that these conversations spark moments of resonance and plant tiny seeds of awareness so that we might all collectively learn and grow. Today's episode is unexpected and unplanned, but Carissa Schumacher and I felt like this was essential medicine. This is vulnerable, but here we are. Carissa has been on the podcast three times speaking for herself. I'll link to those episodes in the show notes for those who want to understand more about her, but I'll give you some context now as well. This is a channeled transmission of Yeshua, Christ Consciousness, from Thursday, October 12th, 2023. This was part of an online study group for my book on our best behavior. Originally, Carissa and I were planning this for August three days of discussion, no Yeshua transmission. But then Carissa asked to push it to these dates in October and told me that Yeshua wanted to do a transmission about beauty. Who am I to argue with Yeshua? And who, you might be wondering, is Yeshua? That was my question when I first met Carissa in January 2020. Yeshua is Jesus, or Christ consciousness. Yeshua was Jesus's name in Aramaic. Carissa is a forensic medium, one of the finest I've ever encountered. And in December, 2019, Yeshua pushed into her channel and she became a full body medium, which means that he knocks out her consciousness and uses her body and voice to talk. It's weird, undeniably, and it's not Carissa. Carissa is brilliant. She was a neuroscience major at Brown, but she's learning along with the rest of us and her humanness is what I love most about her as a friend. She doesn't have guru energy, and she's certainly not confused about the distinctions between her and Yeshua. If you've read Jesus's aphorisms or words in the New Testament, this is what you'll hear. As one friend said, Yeshua is like a rapper. There's wordplay, loop-de-loops, and so much wisdom and sometimes humor applicable to every single day. Sometimes he talks about history, his parents, Jewish law, the prophecies, Mary Magdalene. He was very much a Jew, which history likes to forget, 
though he frequently says that he came not to change Jewish law, but to evolve it, to make it more accessible. The transmissions Yeshua gives have been life-changing for me and life-saving for others. His words and essence are deeply woven in my work and my book. Before we get to this transmission, I wanted to define some of his terms. He talks about shadow directly, but he always offers that shadow is space waiting to be filled with light. Typically, he talks about shadow versus light as unrealized versus realized. Realized being what we see with our real eyes. He also talks a lot about the void. He talks about the Friday when he was crucified as the death day. Saturday is when you move from the tomb to the womb. And Sunday is the resurrection. His point is that we all do this all the time in our lives, when we die to relationships, jobs, beliefs. And his bigger point is that you can't skip the Saturday, the Sabbath. You must accept the full cycle of life. He also references the fear and control spigot and the love and trust spigot and how these two can't be running at the same time. He talks about this a lot. When we are in fear, we reach for control. In past transmissions, he's talked about the seven manifestations of egoic control and domination, which include violence, gaslighting, betrayal, appropriation. You'll also hear mention of the vertical and the horizontal. The vertical is our access to divine, spirit, the universe, however you perceive energy. The horizontal is our daily lives. It's our job to spill the vertical into the horizontal. In my experience, Yeshua's words are always about breaking polarities and binaries, putting you in a position to re-examine what you've come to accept wholesale or what you believe. Because interestingly, he's not at all interested in telling any of us what to believe. He wants instead to open our awareness and perception so that we can love more deeply. He wants to give us new lenses through which to perceive the world, including the sacredness of both life and death. What I also love Yeshua talks about the divine as a we, and it's not a royal we. He talks about Buddha sometimes, Lao Tzu, the Magdalene, and other ascended masters. Again, he is not asking you to believe in him or take him as your God, just to listen and open your heart. This might be disorienting to hear the voice of Yeshua through a woman's voice box, for one, which has a strange accent. But then I've come to understand that that's very Yeshua. He frequently says that he had a masculine form and a feminine soul, and that Mary Magdalene had a feminine form, but a masculine soul. The transmission begins with Yeshua guiding a 20-minute meditation. Please do the meditation and not while you're driving, so that you can fully receive his words. Transmissions are mental exercises, certainly. I take pages and pages of notes, but often they can be a full-body experience. So listen with your feet on the ground. Let's turn to him now. Welcome, beloved one. Welcome, sacred children of the light. It is my joy and my honor, as always, to serve you on this day 
in this special moment of honoring the circle of life. and the process of transformation, forgiveness, and love. As we begin, I would like to invite you to close your eyes. Simply drawing breaths of air and light into your being. Focus your awareness only on your breath. The exhale, the inhale, a death. A birth. And as you breathe, allow your breath to become a circle. transformation, a death, a transformation, and again a birth. This is the circle of all life. Of all oneness. As it exists within you. Redeem your breath.
بيديم نسهكم Allow my consciousness, my presence, my peace to stream through your being. Spirit, light, power of consciousness within you. Within this moment, remembering the truth of love, the truth of your love. power of this love, this being that is you. And as you breathe, now feel where your spirit connects to form, to the horizontal. the web of life. And as though a portal is opening within the core of your being, Allow the power of this love to be exhaled, offered into the horizontal world. Breathing in the light of the vertical and exhaling this light as a gift to the world.
to those that are suffering. To those that believe that they are unworthy of redemption. Extend the hand of your light to them. Through your breath. Extend the truth of the power of love through this portal, this divinity within you. Extend this hand to those within your world who believe that hatred is justified. who believe that the pathway to God, the pathway to peace is through death and war and pain. They are powerless. You have the power. To choose love in the blind face of hate. You need not love them. You need not forgive them. Until you are ready, but you can extend to them the hand of the truth, of the power of love. And now take a moment to place your hands on your heart. Spilling, breathing the truth of the power of love into your hands. 
the hands that write, the hands that hold, the hands that do. Charge your hands that have the power to strangle or to hold another. Remind your hands of their power and their purpose. And now take a breath. Open your eyes and look at your hands. Remembering the times that they were held in moments of your vulnerability. Remembering the times that they were not held by the world or by yourself when you needed them to be. These hands of a humble beauty created through the evolution of time these hands that tell a story of the lineages of your ancestors and all those who came before. In their vulnerability, the delicate bones, the thin flesh, there is beauty. And now with a breath, throw your hands into the air, moving your hands, your arms in circles, 
to gather the breath of the circle of life so that your whole being is breathing with the universe. And now, place your hands together in the mudra of prayer and simply say, I am. and let go of the meditation prayerfully with a smile. <sighs> and if it is possible, I would like to ask that you please go to the ground, to the earth, to place your forehead to Mother Earth in gratitude. And if you cannot do so, please simply place your hand towards the ground grounding your energy deeply into Mother Earth. And when you are ready, you may sit up. And I would like to ask that you take a few moments to write down anything that you remembered anything that came to you, came to your awareness, good, bad, does not matter, what came to you throughout this meditation. Simply write for just a couple of moments.
All right, finishing up. <clears throat> so that we may begin. Hmm. Love it once. For many months now. Years, really. I have been gifting you with the presence, the wisdom, the knowing, the meta, the energy. To prepare you for what is occurring on your planet now and what will be occurring in times to come if certain shifts and transformations are not made. This is not a warning. <laughs> it is simply a reminder of what I expressed last March, last October, and this past June about the words shared Things are going to be getting quite real. And indeed they are. Because in the movement into this new era, you cannot hmm, continue bringing the old mindsets old shadow, old behaviors with you into the new snail shell. This is the era of transparency. Things need to be brought to the light so that you can open your eyes. This is the era of masculine and feminine balance. This is the era of co-creation. And the number one, the number one thing, I will say, I will call it a thing. It's a big thing, but I will call it a thing. The number one thing that you need to be cautious about is what I said in June, and that is the unbelievable danger of eradication. As I said in June, the eradication, the attempts to eradicate the shadow have been the predominant philosophy 
really since the dawn of time. And where that creates problems, especially with people in different groups, is that you all hmm, tend to disagree, tend to not have the same opinions about what or who needs to be eradicated. And I don't feel that I need to explain that more deeply because I already did. Eradication leads to the ricochet effect. Several months ago, I brought up the example of dieting. When you try to eradicate an entire food group, entire way of eating without going through the transformation, what winds up happening? You diet, 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 and then all of a sudden can't handle it anymore, eat a cookie, and wind up eating cookies for the next 10 months. The ricochet effect is that pinging back and forth between the light and the shadow. And I am mentioning this because, of course, this time together, you have gathered together to discuss a very wonderful and wise piece of sacred literature surrounding, quote unquote, the seven deadly sins, the seven deadly missings of the mark. And in many ways, through what our beloved sister brings forth, in many ways, this book, similar to Genesis, is the story of betrayal. Betraying the integration, the impacts that that has on men, on women, on children, on entire generations. And as a reminder, several years ago, I said that there are really only four different reasons why betrayal occurs. The first, Reason for betrayal, betrayal of a commitment. Betrayal in any form of a vow, of a promise. There are four reasons that it happens. The first is ignorance. The second is denial. The third is resentment. Someone is resentful of what it is that you have, that resentment builds and there is a betrayal. And the final reason for betrayal is entitlement. In the past, I have also spoken about the fear and control spigot, where if love is not the governing mechanism, 
with trust being the structure that allows you to feel safe enough to love as a human being, you will move from the love trust spigot into the fear control spigot, where the baseline is not the vertical aspect of self, the love, where the baseline is the horizontal fear-based self, fear. Fear, when you are in the fear control spigot, the structure that you utilize is control because whoever has the most control has less fear, even if it means that others have less control and more fear. It is a very egoic state of being necessary at certain points of time for reasons that I have shared in the past. I have also spoken to you about power and reminded you that what you are powered by is what you power. What you generate and commit to, you become a generator for. In unrealized consciousness, if you are powered by hate, you not only power hate, but generate hate within the world or within yourself. I have always, I, I have also spoken to you about the seven manifestations of projected dominance and egoic control. And the reality, in the reality of the events of this past week, all seven of those are present. Violence, gaslighting, betrayal, even, even in some capacities, appropriation. I am saying this and bringing you through the history and the evolution of some of my prior transmissions because indeed things are becoming quite real. And either the horizontal is going to infiltrate and spill into the vertical, in which case you are operating either from no God or a false God, no consciousness whatsoever, primal animal behavior, or what will be, be becoming real is the movement of this vertical, this integrated light and shadow into the horizontal so that there can be peace. Right now, in order to make this shift into deeper balance, into deeper har harmony, unity, unrealized aspects of the collective are becoming magnified. I have needed to magnify, even with the level of consciousness within you, some of these events of unrealized consciousness needed to be magnified. Not for you to try to eradicate and judge and despair, but because you cannot be a dentist with bad teeth saying, I am integrating my light and my shadow, but not also include the rest of the world within that. 
eradication, beloved ones, is a lie, a myth. It is not possible. My life as a man, as Yeshua, was proof of that. That's why I needed to die in the way that I did. Eradication is a lie. And yet you not, I am not saying you specifically, I am addressing this to humankind. And yet you have allowed eradication, this lie to govern as a truth. Banish what we don't like, ostracize those that look different, act different, believe different things. Division, us versus them. We are right, they're wrong. And interestingly, when you make another person wrong and you right, they have an interesting way of saying, no, I'm right and you're wrong. Therein lies the problem. In the rejection of looking at some of the menstruation, looking at some of the shadow. In the rejection of this ugliness, beauty does not prevail. Horror is what prevails in the rejection of shadow and ugliness that is unintegrated, left to fester. So looking at these quote unquote, seven deadly sins. Fundamentally, what are they? They are a list of behaviors that someone or a group of people decided were not beautiful. Until now, in some senses, these were the behaviors, the thoughts, that must be eradicated because they are ugly, despite the fact that all seven of these are fundamental to the human experience. That is why this book about the blending of the light and the shadow is so special. Beauty. Beauty, mm. in truth, beauty is the closest thing that you have to God, to dreaming in the physical world. The standards of beauty in the horizontal may change, but throughout time, Oh, the worship, the quest for beauty, natural beauty, the, the experience of beauty allows you to feel a closeness and a connection to God. It is, as I said in the freedom transmissions, nature is the common thread that unites you all. You would be hard-pressed 
to see a Hamas soldier and a Jewish rabbi standing on two different beaches looking at the same magnificent sunset and saying that 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 is ugly those two men with such different beliefs one who believes that the other actually doesn't even have the right to exist looking at that same sunset and feeling a connection to God, a reminder of the beauty and the light. When you look at a sunset, see a baby crying in its mother's arms for the first time. A beautiful bird that flies overhead. You see birds that fly overhead all the time, but in that moment, when you notice it in the present, you feel connected. It is when you look to all the flaws and try to eradicate all the flaws that you can't see beauty anywhere. Certainly not within yourself. And I feel that for a long time, you have forgotten the beauty in death. It is considered ugly. Don't want that. And yes, death, the process of death isn't pretty. But seeing a dead bird it's fragility. There is a beauty within that. Even a sense of grief, even a sense of reverence for that tiny creature. It is dangerous to consider death ugly, shadow ugly, letting go of things that are no longer serving you that is death. Considering that ugly when it sets you free, Menstruation, ugly, get it away. Death is one of the most sacred faces of love. In rejecting death, beloveds, you reject the power of life. You are rejecting the truth of the power of love because the goddess is death, birth. And it is the truth of the power of love that holds the balance. That is peace. When you are rejecting death, you are avoiding the void. And what happens when you avoid the void? You cannot evolve. Nothing transforms. In forgetting the beauty of death, how can you ever even be remembered? Beauty is the intersection between truth and love. It is an emanation of peace. When you see a beautiful forest and sit in presence, even if animals are being killed in that forest and nature is doing what nature does, when you look at that forest, 
that is peace. Peace, joy is what comes when you experience true beauty instead of the lie of beauty per the constructs of your world. You feel peace, joy, when you behold true, humble, original beauty. When beholding something beautiful, balanced in its light and shadow, it almost feels as though something beautiful is holding you. You are beholding it and it is holding you. There is a oneness as though the sunset is communicating to you from the heavens, which is why it is the essence and emanation of peace. To ignore the beauty of all life, all people, even if you don't find them or they aren't considered physically attractive, to ignore the beauty of life is to ignore gifts, from the universe to ignore worth, the sovereignty, the right of every being to be here, to exist. Beauty is the true essence of divine perfection, which is equally light and shadow, realized and unrealized. Because if everything was realized, well, then there would be no spectrum. There would be no shades, no shadow. No space to evolve the light. So I know that you might be asking, or have been asking, why Yeshua is speaking about beauty at a time when there is so much horror and ugliness in the world. I am doing so because the destruction of beauty, natural world, humankind, the destruction of peace is what comes when you are unwilling to face the ugly truth and are operating from the beautiful lie. These sins were a beautiful lie. Thoughts. While thoughts can be real, while the sins can be real, it doesn't mean that they are true. And it certainly does not mean that they are deadly in the way that human beings perceive deadly. The sins were a beautiful lie, as are all other man-made judgments, good ones and awful ones. Why am I using the word beautiful? Because the intentions behind creating them at the time were not all shadow and not all light. Men were not sitting around in a room plotting 
how to outright suppress women living in 2023. It's like the saying, the road to, to hell, to Gahana, is paved with the best of intentions. The intention to create more harmony, humility, was light, in part. However, the shadow in devastating impact on the creation in such other dogmatic, control-based lies was a denial of the ugly truth. It is creating an unsustainable illusion of purity and perfection. Illusion of purity and perfection that inevitably results in a plunge into the shadow. But why accept the ugly truth when you have so many beautiful lies available? Beautiful lies about your wrongness. Beautiful lies about human beings being all good, kind people and incapable of savagery. Beautiful lies about what beauty even is within a person. Beautiful lies about another person or group of people being to blame for all your struggles. Beautiful lies about an entire people being unworthy of even existing. Beautiful lies about, about how by slaughtering those people, raping their women, torturing their babies, you will be righteous in the eyes of God. An angry God, forecast by angry men, a violence and hatred that advocate for torture, rape, and annihilation of anyone. That is a beautiful lie. An illusion God used to justify human darkness that has no ability to integrate. Instead of facing the ugly truth of that darkness, accepting and integrating it, why not do what's easier and create a beautiful lie? The events this week are the most grim essence of this awareness, but necessary for you to begin eradicating the most powerful, beautiful lie of them all, eradication itself. The beautiful lie of eradication gives you the perception of justice, control. It is trying to shove love in the box, into the structure that you want, controlling her, instead of letting her shadow in light, create the structure that you need as an individual and as a world. Beautiful lies explain all the reasons that you have been wronged. It is an absence of truth, a betrayal of truth. 
often with love, but unrealized love. The ugly truth is humbling and painful. It does mean taking accountability, responsibility for your own power of light and shadow. Yet the ugly truth is also what gives you your sovereignty, the possibility to miss the mark over and over and still have the possibility of redemption. That is the vertical. The ugly truth gives you the ability to choose. It is a byproduct of consciousness coming into form so that you can evolve not only yourself, but consciousness and God itself. The beautiful lie protects you, but the ugly truth liberates you. And please again note, beloved ones, that I am not addressing this as just you within this group. This is not personal. Please do not make it that way. This is a global address. The energy is being transmitted far beyond this. Thus, I thank you for having the courage and humility to help in this transmission, to help you and others that you serve within your life as the light holder and the power that you are. So, what is a lie? What is a lie? Well, interestingly, as you know that I love dictionaries so much, there really is no word for it in many traditional languages. Greek, Latin, Sanskrit, there was really no word for lie. In the Middle Ages, it came to mean the following, which, as you know, I love. To lie in Middle English meant to rest horizontally, be in a recumbent horizontal position. Exactly. Perfect. Horizontal. A lie is an illusion. It may be real if someone lies, but that, it, that does not make it true. It is an, an illusion a horizontal illusion that does not fundamentally exist, yet comes into existence as a falsehood. It is an untruth, conscious or unconscious falsehood. Some lies that you may have told, you may have told consciously. But many lies, many illusions are unconscious. In Hittite language, to lie meant to fall down. 
In Greek, it was legos, which meant bed. And I feel that a lie is more like the Lego that you step on at night going to the bathroom that causes you to howl in pain. In Greek, it was also referred to as lokos, which quite specifically meant an ambush of crazy. Lokos, lie is lokos, an ambush of crazy. Interesting apples, no? In later Middle, Middle English, lie also came from the word belong on. Belong on. B-L-O-N-G-O-N. Belong on. Which has the same word root as belonging. Fascinating. How often, being honest, how often, even just to survive, to fit in, have you told lies to belong? To be accepted or not be punished and ostracized for something that you did. Looking at the lie of sins, which was heavily influenced, not completely, but heavily influenced by Tertullian, the Carthaginian, who also coined the Trinity. He was not a saint. One of the foundational creators of these thoughts, these energies, was an interpreter of the word. Not a recipient of God's word. There is a profound difference between serving as an interpreter of the word and being a recipient of the word. Many inter interpreters became rule, rule makers and power mongers throughout time. The interpretation was their issue, not the origin of it. The origin of the truth of it was my words in my life on balance, redemption, and the seven imbalances of the mind that I gave to my beloved Magdalene. Many a beautiful lie have been born of interpretation. Others are born from the illusion that one is a recipient the mistranslation of what is received. And what fascinates me and always have about the missings of the mark that led to the sins, which are missings of the mark, is that each sin has a different beautiful lie and ugly truth. With envy, the ugly truth is resentment. With wrath, the ugly truth is that it is an inability to accept fear and pain. Got to fight against it, which is harder to do when that pain and that fear is deep. Gluttony. The ugly truth is denial of the void. Pride. 
The ugly truth is superiority. Lust. The ugly truth is ignorance. Conscious denial. Distraction from distractions. Sloth. The ugly truth is abdication of responsibility. Greed. The ugly truth behind it is entitlement. All things that are fundamental aspects of the human experience and how you evolve in your consciousness as on one hand a divine being yet also an animal species. The problem with the lie of the seven deadly sins is that there is no beauty in its essence. With lying in general, you can lie to yourself, saying that there is, but beauty is the intersection of truth and love. If a lie betrays the truth, it cannot ever create beauty until the lie dies and the truth is resurrected. There is no beauty in lies, but there can be a beautiful lie. It's very haunting in a sense. It is a betrayal of truth, betrayal of vertical, and an important betrayal. Betrayal is, in some instances, necessary. But the only, well, I will say this differently. Betrayal. When I said to be grateful to those who have betrayed you within the past, I said so because the, the ugly truth is that betrayals, yours to others, others to you, you to yourself, is one of the only ways that you can evolve. There is no grace, no echo to lies. Feeling justified to lie is a problem, but the bigger problem in lies Or the bigger problem is lies allow you to infiltrate your inner space that strip you from seeing the beauty of truth. So more, what I am saying is that feeling justified to lie is a problem. The bigger problem is allowing certain lies from the external world, impressions, other people's ideas, other people's opinions, allowing those lies to infiltrate your inner space without any discernment that strip you from seeing the beauty of truth and the beauty of your own essence, worth, light and shadow, as well as that of others. Those who kill and massacre and rape women. They have been infiltrated with beautiful lies that justify their pain. Their insecurities, 
der vier. The sins were well-intentioned and beautiful in theory. But the ugly truth, the ugly in truth, lies within the pure temple. And that temple has been sullied by such lies for nearly two, two millennia. Because it wasn't time for this now to shift into balance. And it is time now. And that is why you, beloved ones, are on the forefront of not the war, but the peace. It is so interesting that for so long in your world, you have honored the beautiful lie to defend yourself from the lie. Saying words like, I am a humble person. I never feel jealous. Presenting everything, all the perfection on the external. To defend yourself from the lie. That is why the things that our sister brought in this book are so important to come to light. You have been honoring the lie that you never even wanted by defending yourself from it. I am virtuous. I never have impure thoughts. Need to look perfect. Need to be perfect. That is defending the beautiful lie. You've def been defending yourself from the beautiful lie to belong, to be on top. But yet you are never really able to be your true self. To have moments where there is ugliness or anger or ooze coming out of your emotional bodies. That is the perfect setup for the shadow side of perfectionism hierarchies of virtue, bypassing of shadow in martyrdom. A beautiful lie created a world of other beautiful lies to protect against the beautiful lie itself. So to be clear, <laughs> to simplify this a bit, there are really only three reasons that people lie or participate in a lie across the board. Three reasons. One, the first reason people lie or participate in a lie is to avoid conflict. To avoid conflict. I will just lie, make up an excuse to get out of here. Lies, making promises that you know that you can't keep to avoid conflict telling someone that what they want to hear instead of speaking your truth because you don't want to upset them. The second reason is human tendency, animal tendency. People lie to get what it is that they want. Let me lie and say that I'm not, I, I am not making any money so that I can receive stimulus checks. That is a bit of a harsh example, I know, 
but that is the gist of it. You lie all the time to get what you want. It's rampant. <laughs> I know it well. The third reason that people lie is to prevent loss. And this, this contains some of the light side of lies. Nothing is ever totally bad or totally good. There is the light side of a lie. For example, if a friend comes to you who is wearing what you perceive to be a truly hideous sweater and says, do you like it? You may say something like, it's great. It's not a huge lie. Sometimes you're able to skirt around it a little bit, but you don't want to lose your friend. And you might, she may be upset if you told her the truth. A friend of yours keeps getting plastic surgeries or is involved in behaviors that you know are unkind or risky. Sometimes to avoid losing that friend, you might lie or withhold the truth. This third reason that people lie or participate in lies in terms of preventing loss is the mechanism that the ego utilizes, the unrealized self utilizes to preserve the status quo. And you can put a big exclamation mark next to this one. Preserving the status quo is a bit dangerous because effectively it is allowing the veil of the three veils separation, polarity and complacency that you are lifting as you evolve as a human being from life to life. From complacency comes Complicity. From complacency comes complicity. That is what leads to genocides. Complicity is the lie of completion of what you expected to receive through not fighting against the lie. Someone promises you something, and if you go along, if you go along with their beautiful lie. Even if your discernment and morals are saying, don't participate in this, you are complicit because of the fear of loss or consequences if you don't. Complacency and complicity have certain ties to one another, but complacency is really more about hedonism. Pleasing or avoiding change. Complicity is cooperation with a lie for personal gain, most frequently. Complacency has that air of smugness or self-satisfaction, while complicity hmm, is more a willingness to do or honor or uphold something for another. So complicity really does not have anything to do with compliance. Compliance is more about adhering to a commitment. I am complying with the rules. 
complicity is going against your own morals, which is a lie, due to fear or desire. There is, hmm, there is no shame in lies, though there are consequences. Because the most beautiful lie of them all is just that, shame. I have said it before and I will say it again and again, shame is a human construct. It is a human construct utilized for regulating, dominating certain people. It is a more emotional or internal form of violence. That is why it escalated from the violence and became the weapon of this past era. The most beautiful lies of them all, the first is shame and the second is perfection. Beautiful lie. The divine perfection is the balance of shadow and light, realized and unrealized. Consciousness. So what you view as imperfect is the divine perfection. Even that gorgeous flower that you find so beautiful has flaws. Worms died in order to create the soil for her to grow. A sunset, you wouldn't be able to see it if it was just blinding light. It comes from the shades and the spectrum, the balance of light and shadow. As the sun is setting, the light is fading and the darkness and the stars are settling in. There is a balance and in that epicenter of the setting sun in the coming of night, there is the beauty of a sunset. Moss, looking at moss on a tree. Moss is dead and, and dead and decaying matter. And it is beautiful, divine perfection, truly, how it all works this way in a cycle of death, transformation, and resurrection. Wow. Love is shadow and light. She is beautiful and ugly in perfect divine balance. Menstruation is not pretty, but it is beautiful. Ovulation is not pretty, but it is beautiful because it is the mechanism of regenesis. Violence is a beautiful lie. It is real, but that does not make it true. There's no truth in violence. There's no justification. And yet, you cannot just commit violence without a justification. Interesting. The justification I can steal because my children need to eat is a beautiful lie. 
Shame is a beautiful lie. It exists in the horizontal, but not the vertical. In the vertical, there are consequences, causality, which allows you to evolve. But shame, as you know it, is a human construct. As I have said before, humility, integrity, and originality are the most rare qualities manifest within the collective alive in bodies on this earth today. I personally don't like violence and the kindergarten soul consciousness of shame because it is so, so unoriginal. Totally unoriginal. War is commitment to a story, a lie, in its most unrealized form. No moral can come until the ending of the war. War is the story, just the story, the nightmare. There is no exploration. It is a commitment to lies, ego, and dominance. Yes, as I have said before, it is a pathway to peace, but a dark one. The worst option of all the pathways to peace. And yet, and yet so frequently, the first chosen. In war, the moral, the truth is never revealed until such ugliness occurs that you are willing to put death to the beautiful lie. Another beautiful lie, just to nip this one in the butt, anti-Semitism is justified because the Jews killed Christ. That is a beautiful lie so asinine that I am not even going to address it. Another beautiful lie. That you or any other person on this planet has been hired as the morality police. People morally policing others with shame, with cruelty, with fear is an abomination. It is a beautiful lie that you believe that you have the ability to judge and condemn others. You can condemn events that occur, but those that are sitting on their computers, morally policing others, are not serving. That is not service. If you feel certain moral things within you, get out and serve a nonprofit. You are helping no one and nothing by sitting there attacking others when you yourself have unintegrated shadow to work through. Another beautiful lie that you either do not have the power to forgive or are not strong enough to find the power to forgive. You are powerful. The beautiful lie that was told to you for a long time, especially as women, is that you are not. And thus I am bringing this one forward 
so that you can utilize your power in balance with truth. To forgive, yet also create the path where perhaps someday forgiveness is not necessary because there's nothing to forgive. That is always true. That is always true in my eyes, but on your planet, it will take a while to get there. Another beautiful lie, and this one, <laughs> this one is one of the deepest beloved ones. And thus I ask that you hear this, not from me, but from the one consciousness within you. One of the deepest beautiful lies is the beautiful lie of my. Quote, unquote, my. Not I, by the way. You, as an I, are a part of the collective. That is true. The I is true. You exist as a member of the collective. You exist. But the beautiful lie of quote-unquote my is all about ownership. You versus others. Yes, you can have things, keep things, but quote-unquote my people versus your people is dangerous. You can resonate with some more than others. You can belong in communities, in places that feel better to you perhaps than others. But you are one with all. Attachment to identity, my. Attachment to differences, looking at the separation is the beautiful lie that strips you of connection. For example, Owning land. You do not own land or anything. You do not own land, the land. You just may be strong enough to be able to keep it, to hold it through laws or defense. As I have said before, the only thing that you do own is time because it is a human construct. But even then, you cannot control it. You can choose what to do with your time, but you cannot control time or how much you have. The beautiful lie versus the ugly truth. It is really the equivalent of quote unquote good evil versus evil good in a sense inherent to one's perceptions. Lying to protect someone's feelings? Well, in some ways it's a good evil. Telling the truth, even if it means hurting feelings or losing something or acting in integrity, 
may feel a little bit like it is an evil good. You can have feelings about the truth, but the truth doesn't really care as much about your feelings. And, neither, and really, neither does love. Really, really. Unexpected pregnancy? You may have terrifying feelings in the moment, but love doesn't care because she knows best what the power of that little being is going to bring to you, even if you do not want it at the time that it is conceived. Love can be brutal, but it is all part of that sacred balance that evolves not only you, but all of consciousness. And I know, beloved ones, that often it is easier to live the lie than the truth. But you can either kill the lie and the ugly through shifting your perception, which leaves you with the beautiful truth, or you can kill the beautiful and the truth, which leaves you with an ugly lie. That is what happens in unrealized consciousness or in the rejection of the shadow. The ugly truth is that the greatest of all beautiful lies is evil. I will say that again. The ugly truth is that the greatest of all beautiful lies is evil. Take away the E and add it to the end, and you have vile. Vileness is an opinion, but very often what you perceive as evil in your human world of limited consciousness and veils is a byproduct of your existence in form. The perception of separation from God, light, the justification for why there is pain and suffering. Evil is the density of unrealized shadow. The difference between you and other animal species is that you are aware of it. You see and feel the pain of that density of grief. It is the pain. What you perceive as evil is really the pain that you feel in the face of actions caused by brutally unrealized consciousness that causes you to feel it. That pain of the separation wound to be able to synthesize it 
you attempted to give it a word, evil. It is a beautiful lie because while deep shadow exists, who is and is not evil is always subjective. Hamas believes the Jews are, that they don't even have the right to exist, that women are no more than receptacles to be anally, vaginally raped, and the Jews and much of the world think that Hamas is evil. And yet many, many of these soldiers were recruited as orphans. They knew no other way. They were rejected and continue to be. They were trained as children to hate. That does not make their actions right. But calling them evil does not address the problem and discontinue this from happening. Between the Jews and Hamas, one is in deep shadow lies and manifestations thereof. The other is more evolved, sovereignty, honoring life, honoring women. But both think the other is evil. Who is right and who is wrong is not the point that I am making here. When a pack of hyenas attack an injured lion, you do not call that evil. When a lion eats a pregnant hyena, you do not call that evil. When a tornado comes and decimates a city, you do not call that evil. Well, you did for a few centuries, but have evolved past it. You as human beings are fighting to survive with all of these feelings, all of these desires to matter, to have purpose to be okay, to figure out what happens when you are no longer here. You as human beings have something so special that other species don't in the capacity that you do. And it is hard, but it is sacred. And that is awareness of grief. Grief is the byproduct of the shadow side of love. If grief is the shadow form of love, what you call evil is love's shadow. The greatest light casts the deepest shadow. 
the shadow form of love, grief, is different from love shadow. What happens as a result of that grief not being integrated? Love's shadow, not the shadow form of love, is what you call evil. For centuries, and this is truly one of the most important wisdoms that I can share because I love you and believe in you and see you as God. For centuries, millennia, you have been trying to stomp on love's shadow instead of accepting the shadow form of love, which is grief, and integrating it. Imagine, imagine if you got into a tiff with someone at the checkout of the grocery store. You followed them outside, and instead of confronting them, just started stomping up and down on their shadow. They would think you were crazy. It would be crazy. What does stomping on shadow do? Nothing. The person could just move behind you so that you are stomping on your own shadow. That is what you have been doing, beloveds. Stomping on the illusions of shadow instead of accepting grief. Which is the most magnificent gift, beautiful gift you experience when your spirit is in form. Beneath all of these beautiful lies of chosen ones, which makes others feel unchosen, and then have to either live in the lie or create another beautiful lie to make them the chosen ones and others not. Beneath the beautiful lies of who and who is not God's chosen ones and the struggles it has created results in the one sin, quote-unquote, ironically omitted, sadness, grief, omitted from the list. How interesting to avoid the very root of it all. And it's also interesting that the word evil has very few word roots until the Middle Ages, with the exception of Hebrew, Ra. Ra. But even that is a two-letter word. And two-letter words do not exist within Hebrew. So the root of Ra is simply added to shadow other words, other things, that are the beautiful lie added at the end. The true root of all that you call evil is rejection of grief, rejection of fear. Those who killed me were grieving people. They were afraid. They were told the beautiful lie that for them was easier than facing the truth, the truth and what it would mean to change it. And so they killed me. 
I forgave and loved them because it allowed me to show that with truth, with the God of love, transformation and redemption and resurrected resurrection were not only possible, but the only possibility. Without grief, when denying grief, you can never integrate, evolve, heal, and transcend. Denial of grief, busying yourself, doing all the things to avoid it, leads to the shadow manifestations of all other quote-unquote sins and imbalances of the mind, especially wrath. Wrath is the most violent and deadly. Wrath is a denial of fear, humility, grief, and right now latent grief is omnipresent within your collective. Grief is beautiful in its ugliness and ugly in its beauty. You will always live the beautiful ugly lie of the story and never realize the ugly, beautiful truth of the moral when denouncing or trying to avoid or eradicate grief. Denying the shadow of love, grief, sadness is what results in what you call evil in its hideous costume of self-righteousness, elitism, blame, superiority, hatred. So I wish for you not, hmm, so I wish for you throughout these next days together to utilize this as a wonderful, deeply world humanity nourishing exercise in not airing your grievances, but I would like you to air your grievances. Grief grievances throughout this time together. Because then you move the energy. And then all of a sudden, from all of that death, all of that transformation, oh, creative life force, healthy power, healthy control, joy becomes possible. Shame was the beautiful lie created from the beautiful lie of evil and deadly sin in which someone or a people do not even deserve to exist. But evil itself is a beautiful lie, one used to explain the depths of pain and suffering. How else could you reconcile the darkness within you? In yesteryear. Well, many years, you tried one approach to get rid of it, to deny it. And now you are trying a new approach, accepting its existence and helping yourself and others to integrate it 
to hone your razor of discipline and discernment to honor the truth with love moving forwards. Human beings will always tell beautiful lies that create ugly truths. Lies cannot be eradicated either. They are the shadow setting the pace for your evolution. The more you can accept and come to peace with the truth, the faster you accelerate. But what I feel in sense, and thus I am giving you this truth with such love, though it may be difficult to hear. This is not a lecture. We are serving together in this. So I need to say this. You have been, as a people, you have been complicit in committing to so many truths that became lies and lies that became truths. Your ancestors often needed to be complicit to survive. The Holocaust is a perfect example of that. But you do not need to be complicit. And you cannot run away. You cannot ghost the truths that need to be faced to smash the illusions, creating pain and suffering. You cannot move into a new era carrying the burden of those lies. I, as Yeshu, God, the divine, the one consciousness, we cannot end complacency because it is an essential part of your free will and veils the rules of this reality structure. However, we did not divinely intervene in the Ukraine and Israel, though you know, as I said, that I have been, the divine has been staving off nuclear war, especially the Christ peace essence. But we could not, we did not, divinely intervene in Ukraine and Israel because we needed you to see the ugly truth, to shift, to stand together, hand in hand, to end complicity to the beautiful lie that is no longer working within the world, to end the complicity to the beautiful lie that this sort of thing doesn't happen in the world. It happens everywhere, beloved ones. The difference in this example was that it happened to a first world culture. Third world countries, this happens all the time. But there is something about this happening to a sovereign nation. It's a little close to home, is it not? What is happening is happening because if you do not open your eyes, it will happen to you and others over and over. Hence the entire last offering of the freedom transmissions in which I spoke about this. You cannot discover the divinity, the beauty, and possible evolution, resolution, 
without seeing the image of the ugly truth bred from beautiful loss. For consciousness to evolve, we all, divine and human, needed a bit of a shake-up of the snow globe, as has happened before. To get you out of the soft-serve mentality that causes you to reject the void. So that instead of avoiding the void, which you know is the deepest peril, avoiding because the, avoiding the void is inevitable, yet not permanent, but so that instead of avoiding the void, you are able to let this focus, this exaltation of purity, assumptions, divine beauty, divine transcendence, where you have no personal relationship with God. God calling all the shots. This focus of chosen ones, unchosen ones, sinfulness, it needs to die, else you cannot move into the transformation Saturday or the Sunday of the resurrection of peace, which is the essence of this new era. So the final beautiful lie that I will share, it is a beautiful lie that peace is not attainable in the world. Another beautiful lie is that peace, global peace, is attainable in your world. Both. The truth is, it depends. That is not my choice, that is yours. But it can only be realized within you. The truth of love is the realization of your Christ self, peace self, one consciousness. If you truly wish to serve, the only path is the path of peace now, then, and always. Fight for peace within self, within world, with all of your might. Not just happiness. Fight for peace acceptance, and integration. That is your right. Because when the truth is lost, you are lost nomads wandering the desert. The greatest commitment must be to peace. Powered by peace, you will change the world. I know you hear these things, but as things are becoming real, I am asking you to feel, to embody this power. Powered by peace, you will change the world. I know from experience, I not only believe in you, but I have faith in you and trust you to be the shepherds leading humanity home from the desert. Have compassion 
for the beautiful life. Yours and those of the world have compassion for the beautiful lies told to you that in such moments of innocence and vulnerability that you believe for those beautiful lies told to you or that you told yourself about your unworthiness, imperfection, and negation. Feel the love and hope and fear and ignorance within these beautiful lies that led to their creation. and summon the courage to look at the ugly truth, ugly realities created by beautiful lies. Have compassion for yourself, for all the moments you lived within or created a beautiful life. Honor yourself for your courage to accept the truth, so that the lies may die and generate the beautiful truth of your grace and kindness and divine power. When the beautiful lies, the blame and hatred, die, when the ugly truth is accepted. The beautiful truth is what emerges. The beautiful truth that you are one people, equally worthy, equally deserving, equally redeemable, unconditionally loved by the divine. When you can accept the crown of your divinity, and summon the truth to act through the truth of the power of love. What lifts is the veil of separation. And then you can see the divinity in all things and people and love one another. That is the greatest and really only of the commandments. Love one another. There can be mercy. There can be consequences for things that have occurred. Such things are there to evolve you, not to punish or destroy you. These next years are a time of truth and consequence. However, when the beautiful lies end and the ugly truth is accepted, the consequence is peace, joy, harmony, beauty, balanced, natural beauty. Be at peace, beloved ones. 
From the void comes the light. You are the light of peace penetrating the shadow. You are held You are loved. Let us walk forth together, hand in hand, human and divine, integrated into one. Be at peace my children, and as always, rest in peace, in life. Place your hands on your heart. Breathing again. into the truth of the power of love. Into these hands, your hands, that have the power to build or to destroy. I am holding your hand and your heart. And as you go forth into this evening, I would like to ask that you sit for a moment in the beauty of Mother Earth. gazing upon a tree or a garden. Take the time to examine perhaps some beautiful lives that need to die within you. And maybe some ugly truths that you are ready to allow to be beautiful truths. Please enjoy the sacred time and space with one another over these next days. And know that now and always, I am with and within you. It has been my honor to have served you on this day. I love you. Love one another. Om Namimaya. Om Namasananda. Om Nam Yeshua. 
Sati. 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 Pace. 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 Namaste. If you like today's episode, please rate and review and tell a friend. You can find show notes and full transcripts of the episodes at elisalunan.com. While there, please sign up for my Substack. I send a short note every Wednesday about topics that are aligned with this show and a deeper dive most Sundays. Or follow me on Instagram at Elise Lunan. And finally, if you haven't already, please consider picking up a copy of my New York Times bestselling book, On Our Best Behavior. The Seven Deadly Sins and the Price Women Pay to Be Good, available wherever you get your books. It's an exploration of how women have been conditioned for goodness, men for power, and all the ways we've been programmed to police ourselves and each other according to these cultural ideas of what it is to be a good woman. I'd also like to give a huge thank you to my sponsors who make this show possible. Please support them the way they support this podcast. This has been a presentation of Cadence 13 Studio. If you enjoyed this episode, please listen, rate, review, and follow Pulling the Thread. Available now for free on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Odyssey, or wherever you get your podcasts. I want to give a shout out to Phil Svitek, Lauren LaGrasso, Mary-Kate McDonough, Ali Brockman, and the entire Cadence 13 team for producing these episodes, and to Valero Duvall for my key art. High schoolers are busy, but no one's too busy to help fight cancer. The Leukemia and Lymphoma Society is looking for their next student visionaries of the year. Could that be your child? High schoolers who participate in the seven-week philanthropic leadership development program gain valuable life skills like project management, communication, financial literacy, and entrepreneurship. Forming strong teams behind them, they fundraise for the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society in honor of a pediatric blood cancer survivor right in their local community. Most importantly, this campaign is an opportunity for high schoolers to engage in meaningful work within their community and make a real impact on the lives of blood cancer patients and their families. Sound like something your child might be interested in? You can learn more about Student Visionaries of the Year or even nominate a student at LLS dot org slash students. That's LLS dot org slash students.